Hello, hi, it's Vaya. Just jumping on quickly before we start for a couple of things. Firstly, this episode of Neighbours is supported by Beamly, the social and content network for TV. Have a look at Beamly.com, especially the Neighbours show page, chock full of Neighbours content, and I've written a bunch of articles on there that you might enjoy, so have a look. Secondly, I wanted to say a massive congratulations to Kate Neighbours' Kate at Remude on Twitter and her husband, Phil. They welcomed their baby girl to this crazy world on the 15th of March, and she's absolutely gorgeous and everyone's doing well. It's very exciting news and a massive congratulations from the Neighbours team to you guys. And have a look at her Twitter at Remude because there's a whole stack of cute photos. Adorable. And welcome to Neighbours. This is the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We talk about the last five episodes that we just watched. I'm Vaya, and I have Hunter Smith back today. Hello. Comedian, just about to launch your show in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I am. Should have, should have put it on Neighbours, really, shouldn't I? Well, yeah. Mm. But can you remind me what it's called? Oh. <laughs> Such a good friend. Uh, it's called Hunter Smith, I Feel Bad About My Tattoo. It's a very long title. I can't, oh, it's not. I can't remember all my friends' long titles. Someone says to me the other day, what's your show called? Your Shit Tat. <laughs> well, that's a great name. I should have called it. Yeah, Shit Tats with Hunter Smith. <laughs> it so, is about my my shit tat, yeah. So thanks for taking time out to watch Neighbours while you're preparing pleasure. for your show. So we've just wrapped up the 30-year anniversary and now we can kind of get back to business. But it's been quite a dramatic week because we've kind of lost two cast members. Yeah, it was a good week to drop back in onto the Neighbours train. Yeah, so we've, we're, we're feeling light on in the cast. So let's take it back to Monday, which is episode 7086. Now, Dr. Dick, as I call him, Dr. Nick, Teresa's brother, he's in town. And he wants Paul to build him an Olivia Newton-John style cancer centre. <laughs> And Paul doesn't want to because he got su- he got some better deal from the council. So in o- in order to have Paul reconsider, he's he's made Paul think that he's got cancer. He's got leukemia. But he doesn't really. No, he's just right. doctored the results. The doctor has. The doctor, Doctor Dick, has messed with the results. Brilliant. So that Paul thinks he has cancer. And then we'll go O and J and build a hospital. Yeah, and he's right. like, oh well, I better fix my cancer. Let's build this research centre. Oh, well, yeah, logical. Now, the thing is, though, that Dr. Dick has to, like, follow through and give the guy chemo. He's so... What? Yeah. Uh, so, Monday, right, Paul Robinson calls in Naomi, Sheila Canning's daughter, who's been single-handedly running the entire Erinsborough Festival and pulled it all off, even though hmm. Harold nearly destroyed it, but whatever. And he says, I want to offer you a job as my EA. You're going to be my assistant. Here's your contract. It's an amazing salary. And she's like... Barely even glances at the contract, signs it, says, yep, sure, I need money. And he says, the only thing is there's a confidentiality clause. You can't tell anyone about anything that goes on with me. And she's like, yep, cool. So then he goes, right, now you've signed that, I've got cancer. Right. Why? I couldn't work out why it was so important for him to keep it a secret. Because I don't think he wants people to think the mayor is weakened by his illness and he he still wants to be appearing as this powerful... That's like in the West Wing when the president had to hide his MS. Yeah, exactly. Very similar. He doesn't want this to weaken him in Mm. the minds of the general public. So he's got Naomi on board with his phocemia. And the thing is, he's got a chemo appointment that day. 
So, like, Dr. Dick told him yesterday that he's got cancer. And, look, I don't know how this works. Well, I'll tell you how it works. You get onto it very quickly okay, when you've sure. got cancer. <laughs> dilly sure, dilly. Sure. <laughs> he's booked him in at Erinsborough Hospital. He's got to rush him down there for his first chemo appointment. Now, because Dr. Dick is doing all this on the sly, because it's not real cancer, he's got to, like, book a secret room. Which I thought was indulgent, given we know there's only one room. Oh, yeah. It's the one room. <laughs> So Dr. Dick finds out that Naomi knows about the cancer and he's paranoid now because the more people that know about this, the more he's going to come undone. Mm-hmm. So he's warning Naomi, well, don't you tell anyone. This has to be a secret. He wants this to be confidential. But he's overplaying that, mm-hmm. like going, don't tell anyone. And is she sus at all? Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. She's like, all right, sure. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. It's just polite. <laughs> Um, and then she actually puts him in his place because so he's been sexually harassing Georgia and he made a bet with Paul that he could get Georgia to sleep with him. And she found out and no one's being sued. He sounds like a great doctor. He sounds like that bloke <laughs> up in Bundaberg. What was his name? Patel. Dr. Patel. Oh, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Death. That'll be, that'll, that's next week. That's his next nickname. Yeah. And so Naomi's like, well, you're like, you're an idiot. You've cracked onto Georgia. You're arrogant. Like, stop telling me what to do. Like, I'm looking after Paul. Calm down. So she's onto it. And so we've planted that seed Mm -hmm. that Naomi is sus. Now, we'll leave that aside because we really need to get back down the well. (laughs) Because. Now, as as I said, I'm dropping in and out of Neighbours. I'll be honest. But I cannot tell you how thrilled I am that there is a well (laughs) storyline. Don't you think the well storyline sounds like in the writer's room someone should have been like, maybe they could be trapped down a well. And they'd be like, <laughs> let's move on to a real suggestion. And then they went, no, 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 let's just see this out for a second. Yeah, yeah, like, let's yeah. just chat it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what happened was when Harold crashed his camper van into the festival site, mm. he set off some kind of plumbing scenario. I don't quite know the logistics of it, but he like damaged some kind of pipes. Mm. And then the, these geysers started gushing up from the lake. And then they investigated and realised there was this hidden well that oh, had been covered up. I assumed that the up. plumbing was still haywire from the cyclone. Well, like, you know, over in Haiti when the poop comes yeah. up through the sinks and stuff. Yeah. The cyclone hasn't helped matters. Mm. And just put that with the damage from Harold's caravan mm. and you've got secret well with plumbing I get it, yeah. disasters. So... We've got Imogen and Daniel down the well because they went down there to try and find this old ring. Hmm. Agne- bl- old Agnes's, Agnes's ring. <laughs> ring. And they've missed the wedding. And now they're... I think they've only been down there two days, but they're they're fighting for their lives. Right. Now, not to get be too smutty, but was there any well sex in that episode? Because I didn't see it and... It Look, there, there wasn't well sex, but Imogen was pushing for it. Right. Because she admitted that she loved him and had feelings for him. Right. In and the he, well. Yeah. Right. Just before the well and then... <laughs> When they're down the well, she brought it up again when they ran out of stuff to talk about. Well, well, well. (laughs) You got the hot summer, have you? And look, she kind of brought it up really awkwardly. She said, if there was no one else, if there was no Amber and it was just you and me. In a well forever. (laughs) Would I be in with a chance? And he had to go, oh, well, I don't really see you that way. Technically. (laughs) What she should have said was, hey, want to make out? Mm. That's how it starts, down Mm. a well. Like, that's what you do. So, no, no well action. There was a lot of cuddling and a lot of huddling for warmth and... Safety. Yeah. And so... Uh, can I make a suggestion? Yes. That we now refer to them only as Jack and Jill. Okay, yes, yes. Do they fall down the well? No, no, they fell no, down they, a hill. They go, <laughs> they go to the well to get water out. Oh, right. But I've been calling her little Immy, 
Like Timmy, little Timmy tra- trapped down the yeah, well like from Lassie. Yeah, that's why it makes me laugh because it's like a really old school yeah. story, isn't it? And it's, it's spoofed on The Simpsons with Bart down the well mm. and Sending My Love Down the Well, the charity single that the whole town put out. And I think, um, <laughs> I think there's another film or a television show that has an adult normal character, but he was formerly the famous boy down the well. Yeah, right, well. right. So Kyle and Josh, handyman Kyle, has been called by the council to come and fix the plumbing. Mm-hmm. He's just one handyman. He's like independent. Just a contractor. Self-employed, yeah. yeah. So this one handyman and Josh, who's on community service, has to come and help him as well. <laughs> and meanwhile, Josh has noticed that his sister's car has been towed. They've called him and said, Imogen's car's been towed the day of the wedding. And so the whole suburb thought that she'd run off with Daniel the mm. day of the wedding and that's why no one's heard from them. But really, they're down the well. Mm. And so now Josh... Really, is- there's a much more plausible explanation. <laughs> <laughs> they're trapped in a well. Yeah. And so Josh starts to get worried. No one else. Not, not her parents, no one. He's like, well, her car hasn't been seen. His car's still here. Where is my sister? And brings it up with... Uh, he was detective mechanic. Now he's constable mechanic because Mark Brennan's rejoined the force. <laughs> and he's like, we're all okay. It's a bit early, but we can file a missing persons report. And Because there's no way Daniel Robinson would be leaving his car behind because he used to live in it. So he'd grow very fond of it. Yeah, his, his worldly possessions are yeah, in that car. So he... And also I love that they go to Paul Robinson and... Like, Mark Brennan is like, well, Josh is really worried. He wants to file a missing persons report. And Paul just shrugs it off going, eh, it's my flaky nephew. He'll turn up. <laughs> He's like, Evs, <laughs> don't, don't even worry. So then at this point, the water board has asked Kyle to drain the lake. He's, they've asked a handyman <laughs> to drain an entire lake. Like, shouldn't this He's- be a council service that... Well, yeah, but the council has employed him. Is that right? Yeah. How do you, do, do you use a pump? Do they siphon it? Do you suck on one end of a hose? And I don't quite know, but their solution is to siphon the water into that old well that they spot. <laughs> oh, that sounds safe. Yeah. They've gone, oh, how convenient. We can just put all the water in the well and then fix the plumbing in the lake and put it back. Mm-hmm. So they turn on the water start draining the lake, and then water starts gushing down the well. And that's where we leave Monday with Imogen and Daniel fighting for their lives with water gushing down. Classic cliffhanger, that one. Yeah. Now, Hunter, Tuesday is where you joined in. jumped. You jumped on board. Mm -hmm. And I've got a lot of feelings. There was... Oh, my God. There's a lot going on on Tuesday. So, we're back down the well. Mm -hmm. And Constable Mechanic... Brennan is trying to talk to old Tom Ramsey, who came down for the wedding last week. And he keeps trying to have these phone conversations in front of all the drilling. Mm. Like, why doesn't he, doesn't he have an office down at the yeah, station? Right. Yeah, or just move away a little. Yeah, walk into the pub or something. He calls Tom and says, you were the last person to see Imogen Willis. What was she talking about? And that's when he finds out she was talking about a ring that had been thrown down a well. And then everyone, the penny drops for everybody. Quite quickly, I thought. Yeah, it was, they got things moving. Hmm. And straight away, Josh realises, turns off the water and they all run to the well and then they hear the screaming and Hmm. they realise that the groom they thought had left the bride at the altar had just popped down the well. You really jumped over the suspense there, them not being able to turn off the water. Until they were saved by WD-40, which I thought was a great ad for WD-40. What? When they were like, oh, I can't turn it off, I can't turn it off. And he was like, get the WD-40. And then he brought (laughs) it over and he like coated it in it. What 
is WD forty? It's like grease in a can. I had lube, no idea. Lube in a can. Yeah, like you'd spray it on a squeaky door or something. Well, I'm not very handy. Oh, well, you've got to get some because there's a BuzzFeed list the other day about all the things you can do with it. You'll well, love it, it. that could save my life. Yeah, yeah. Did you get stuck if, or something? If they didn't tie in a sponsor with that, that's a lost opportunity. <laughs> so they get them out and then we have Amber who's looking a bit ghostly because she hasn't slept in days because mm. she thought she's been jilted at the altar. Mm. She staggers over. She's got hollowed out eyes and then she sees that Daniel is alive and well and mm. <laughs> literally. And, <laughs> and has been with Imogen. Yes, but not in a nefarious, not in a sinister way. And I was struck at how, first of all, how terrible Imogen's panting was. Yeah, Because right. the whole time when they were down the well, they seemed all right. But then as soon as they got out of the well, maybe it was the shock of it all. And the, and the direct sunlight yeah, yeah. hitting but her. She was lots of, <gasps> they're going to think I'm a bitch. But the girlfriend... Yeah, she was very worried about her reputation. She was. she was. The girlfriend, what's her name? The fiancé. Amber. She didn't seem that suspicious. Like, I would have thought, well, they've been having a well route. <laughs> but she didn't seem like she She's, was okay. Yeah, she thought, no, nothing, nothing sinister has gone no. on down there. No. no. So Imogen learns that the, everybody, hadn't, no one had been looking for her because they thought she had run off with the groom. Mm. And the look on her face when she realised her own parents... Didn't trust her moral compass mm. and didn't bother checking that she was okay. It was priceless. And then actually, we've got to give Josh a little bit of credit. I call him Pistori Josh because he's so creepy. Pistori Josh. And he's constantly trying to smother Amber and not give her any space and stalk her. But you know what? He was the only bastard that gave a toss that his sister hadn't turned up. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that raised any concern. Mm-hmm. So props to Josh. He's come good. And so Daniel's with Amber in the hospital and... In that one room? Yeah, in mm-hmm. the one room. They've, they've got to have rotate to get, mm-hmm. to yeah, get all the sick people. Out. Yeah. Yep. So he gives Amber the ring that they've found down the well. And they make up and the wedding's back on. It's like a really low-rent version of Titanic where instead of dropping the ring into the ocean, it was just into the <laughs> Erinsborough well. And a much cheaper piece of jewellery. Mm-hmm. And so she then has to tell Josh, who's been kind of secretly pining for her, and he thought this was his opportunity now that the groom's taken off. She's had to say, oh, thanks for your support, but my wedding's back on, P.S. So poor old Josh. Meanwhile, Paige gets this phone call. So she's strolling along and she spots, now Tyler Brennan, you haven't met Tyler Brennan No, I've been calling him hot AF guy. AF? Hot as fuck. Oh, sure. (laughs) He's really hot. Yeah, Correct. That's, um, I think that's all he needed to put on his resume. Yeah, that's I right. am hot. I'm here. Here is my reference. So um, she got a phone call while she was stalking him. Yes. And did you notice that she appeared to have an iPhone strapped to her arm that was listening, listening, she was listening to music through? Yeah. But then her phone rang and she produced a second iPhone from her pocket. Oh. And it could technically be an iPod touch sure. on her arm. Yep. But nobody, who's using an iPod no touch? No one. I... Not, not of the lands, that's for sure. Well, also the thing is, Paige comes from money. Her 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 adoptive parents mm. were quite wealthy, so, so maybe she just has two. So she, she may just have yeah, two. She can, yeah. and she didn't bother selling one when the Turners were in financial ruin. No, so yeah, she could just have two. So she also, I love her reaction. Going, he's done a well, as if like she yeah, has the reaction. Right. She has our reaction. Yeah, yeah, she represents us. Yeah, she's the conscience. Yeah, <laughs> she's going, the Greek chorus. There is no way that guy is down a well. <laughs> That those two are down a well. So she um, 
she's looking at Tyler. He's scouting for cars to knock off because he's done this deal with the devil, D'Amato, the bad guy who runs a chop shop, and he's looking for cars during What's the a day. Chop shop? Um, I learnt that from Remued. What is it? From Kate. Um, it's like when you... Um, I don't know how to even explain it. It's when you strip down stolen cars oh, for right. parts. Okay, 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 okay. Now I'm questioning that and I have to look it up. I Thank thought you. it might be a firewood store. <laughs> or Chop Chop, which is like illegal tobacco you can buy at the Dandenong Market. It was like a Chop Chop factory. Imagine if he's like... If he was running a firewood shop. <laughs> Um, a chop shop, motor vehicle theft. Perfect. Yeah, okay. Um, Hot AF, Tyler, he um, looks quite a bit like the South African from Australian Idol that went to Neighbours. Dean Guy. Dean Guy. Look, that's a common thread. A few people have noticed yeah. that. Mm. And look, I think he's, I think we've, I think he's better than Dean Guy. I think we've got a winner here with Tyler. Because mm. at first I wasn't in, I wasn't a fan. Mm. But once he tied his hair back and I could focus on, the task at hand, mm. he was, yeah, he's much better. Yeah, it's bordering on a top knot. Yeah. Now, pa- so Paige and the Willises are by Imogen's bedside now and they're trying to make her feel better. Like, sorry, we thought you were a scarlet woman. We hope you're okay now. So Drab and Rage have this chat. So what's happened is in the last, in the week before this one, dad cop Matt has had this downward spiral mm. because they've lost the family fortune and he turned a blind eye to D'Amato's illegal activities and started to receive bribes from him. And then he had to take long service leave. Anyway, his downward spiral. And then he had a few too many drinks. And then he went and shagged Kyle's mum, Sharon, Shazza Canning. Okay. I'm so glad you mentioned Sharon. Yes. Because I've got a note here. We need to talk about Sharon. Yes. What the hell's going on with Sharon? Sharon, she's like the Janet Roach of Erinsborough. That's a real housewife. Yeah, sure. It. And she's a dead spit for her. And she's mental. Yeah, correct. And she... Whose mum is she? Kyle Canning's mum. Right. Sheila's daughter-in-law. And she flirted with Matt at Georgia and Kyle's wedding. Mm -hmm. And he nearly slept with her. Mm -hmm. Didn't. Thought better of it. But now that he's at rock bottom, he thought, hey, while I'm down here. Mm -hmm. So he, the two of them got it on in the hotel room to rage busted them. And now she... Was it full sex, do we think? Well, I think because she was showering. Oh, so, to rage open the door, he yeah. had no shirt on and the shower was running. Right, right, right. But Definitely. he tells to rage it didn't go that far, air quotes. So, maybe it was like second, third base or something. Yeah, yeah. But well, she showered, mate. She showered. <laughs> there it were, ended with a strong finish. There were, <laughs> there were fluids involved. Yeah. Whatever happened. So, she now knows this information and she tells her husband, Drab, and they say, well, look, let's stay out of this. Let's let the two of them work out whatever they need to work out. Now, meanwhile, Amber comes to visit Imogen, and Imogen is really apologetic. Like, I'm sorry I fell in love with your fiancé. I didn't mean to. And Amber's like, who cares? You're safe. You nearly died. You've done all this stuff for us. You should. We're going to have this wedding again. You should still be the maid of honour, which I think is very generous. Very generous. And do you think realistic? I think it maybe could be realistic. Yeah. I think that when it comes to weddings, often friends... Sometimes there's bad blood with friends, but mm. they tend to put that aside. For mm. I think, like, if you were in love with my husband and we were the same sex, imagine. Yeah. Um, I think that I could get over the fact that you love him as long as I was confident that he didn't love you. Yes. And I think that she seems quite confident. Because though. Daniel is really disinterested when it comes to Imogen, mm. and he's playing that really well. Yeah. So, plus, it's just going to be a little courthouse wedding, I don't think. 
Yeah. They're going to go down to the registry. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was good to see some people of colour in this episode. Where? Um, there was uh, an Asian lady working in the general store. Oh, it was Margie. Yeah. Oh, Margie's got a name. Yeah. Oh. oh. I think so. I'm always looking down to tweet. Yeah. So whenever someone says they spot Margie, yeah. I look up and she's gone. <laughs> so I can only assume. Um, and there was also a, a nice looking lady um, non-speaking in the bar in one scene. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Because you notice they had this special last week, um, the Stars Unite for the 30th anniversary, mm. and they had all these talking heads like Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan mm. and Margot Robbie talking about all the great times they've had on Neighbours, and they had all white people, mm. all white people from 30 Years of Neighbours, and the only person of colour that spoke was when they cut to Ashley Brewer on the set of The Bold and the Beautiful, and there was a black guy in the cast of <laughs> Bold and the Beautiful, and he goes, well done, Neighbours, <laughs> and he was the only one. <laughs> so anyway, they're all making up and making amends and meanwhile it's the middle of the day and Tyler decides this is the time to try and steal a car mm-hmm. so he's off to do that as subtle as a sledgehammer as well isn't yeah. he? peering in he walked around that car like 12 times yeah, yeah. I saw someone do that in real life last night oh mm. but then I was really like hovering back to watch him but I couldn't decide if he was secretly urinating on the car yeah sure and I didn't want to look too hard if he was urinating so in the end I thought not my problem mate yeah. just go home don't, don't be a hero <laughs> the, that, that person should have insurance that's right and it'll that's be right. sorted out all right, so meanwhile, Sharon, Shaz Canning, sees Dad Cop uh, and gives him a serve because he did a shag and dash and didn't contact her and didn't stick around for, you know... So come out of the shower. ...some room service. So she's quite keen on him. She'd go there again. I guess so. Mm. I thought she was just in it for a good time, not a long time, but yeah. I guess she's yeah. in for both. Women say that, though, to trap men. I've learned that from television. <laughs> and I guess maybe she just fell for his charms... And and how many are there? Can we count them? Probably one or two. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is the, the random story of the week. Kyle and Sheila have found this random dog that's been turning up, this Labrador, which we've decided is Bouncer 2. Mm-hmm. Two Bounce, Two Furious. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fun trivia fact. Yes. I did happen to spend a bit of time with Susan Kennedy this week, and she told me that they weren't allowed to take Bouncer 2 to some sort of premiere party. Yeah, sure. Because all the PR people were nervous that it would just do a massive shadoobie on the red carpet <laughs> and then that would be the only story that came out from the night. Well, <laughs> the bouncer it... pooped on the red carpet. Well, what about Lou? Was anyone keeping an eye on him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the B story. I love how you just glossed over the fact that you were hanging out with Susan Kennedy. <laughs> P.S. Hunter um, got her to sign, her and Carl Kennedy to sign something for me and that was like one of the best presents I've ever received in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. Um, I was um, shocked at how happy you were. Because so, when I said to KB, I said, oh, I got this I know she's not like a, like a nerdy super fan. And then, <laughs> but it turns out you are. So. My boyfriend was surprised too at how excited I was. I think because they wrote my name. Yeah, yeah. They took the time to write my name. Oh, I told them all about the podcast. That was very sweet. Alan was um, very excited. Alan Fletcher. Yeah. Well, maybe they're listening. Hi, Alan. You were both really nice. <laughs> so that's that's a thrill. That's a thrill. Okay, now finally... The, the big, huge, dramatic moment of Tuesday. Drab sees Sharon and Dad Cop chatting and he thinks, no, 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 no. We won't be having any of this. He mm-hmm. needs to go and fix his marriage with my ex-lover. So he follows Dad Cop. He goes and finds him and they're in the middle of the road having a conversation. The best place to have a chat. Mm-hmm. And he confronts him and says, you've got to tell your wife what you've done and you've, you, know, you owe it to her, mm-hmm. to be honest. And they're having it out and then a car comes shrieking around the corner and dad cop sees the car pushes drab out of the way and i thought 
still probably still plenty of time for him to duck out of the way as well. But no, he gets squished. Gone. Splat. Instant karma. Matt is splat. And we leave That's him. so brutal. Matt splat. <laughs> splat Turner, Tuesday night on the side of the road. <laughs> when it comes to getting a mechanic to look at your car, it's better the devil you know. So let me introduce myself. I'm Charlene Robinson, owner of Charlene's Automotive in sunny Brisbane. Put yourself in my place. My place is a state-of-the-art car garage. I know you'll get to like it if you give it a chance now. If your car's got a fever, or it's slow, or the tyres are spinning round, or it sounds like there's a singing budgie in the engine, confide in me. If you come into my world, I should be so lucky. To repair your car, I'll fix it up real well. What do I have to do to get the message through that I'm the best mechanic? Charlene's Automotive. Pop it into the search engine and come and see us next time you break down in Brizzy. I can't get you out of my head, Gasket. This is Neighbours with Thea and Hunter, and it's a critical moment. Mm-hmm. Look, I thought, look, we know Dad Cop was leaving the show, Joseph Brown. How? Because there was a press release. Oh, right. <laughs> Said he was leaving. And I think that's why this is, all of this story has happened quite quickly. Like, his downward spiral happened in two days. Mm. They lost their $800,000 for the house. He became a crooked cop in, like, two days. He had to leave the force. He shagged Shaz. Like, it all happened so quickly. It's interesting, really, that they put in so much effort to even give him a downward spiral. If That's just true. If he knocked over my car at the end of the day. Well, yeah, I... She'll be... You know what? Can I make a prediction? Yes. Relaxo face. Lauren. Lauren is going to be obviously sad. She'll be destitute with no money, and she's going to go after Kip gambling. I want her to go after Kip Gamblin. I've wanted her to passion for so long. That's what I reckon will happen. And now I'm kind of getting over it. If they don't do it soon, I'm mm. going to lose interest. Mm. So, okay. So I thought what sh- shocked me was I thought he was going to be instantly killed. Mm. But no, he was still conscious. Drab's trying to, you know, talk to him and get him to re- um, respond. Mm. And then the Ambos are taking ages, obviously, because they've been dispatched from Erinsborough Hospital. Mm. And Erinsborough Hospital is incompetent. Mm-hmm. So the Ambos are taking ages to get there. Great. Um, credit where credit's due. Great dying acting there, I thought. Oh, yes. A bit of a shake. Not too overly dramatic, though. I thought yes. it was quite realistic. Yep, very good. And I'd know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so Constable Mechanic's interviewing Drab. And Drab's kind of glossing over the fact that they had this argument over his affair. Because he doesn't want that to come out too soon. So then we have the Turner family waiting in the hospital waiting area. Sorry, can I say? Yep. It took a drab dad quite a long time to give up the information he had on the car. So the policeman was like, what did the car look like? Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. And then eventually he's and like, red. It's a we, red car. Yeah, red sedan with a stripe. I was like, that, you would say that straight up. Yeah, you know, like, oh, I've, I've suddenly remembered yeah. the Any stripe. information would help. Oh, well, it was red. Oh, any information would help. Oh, well, it was a sedan. Oh, anything else? Oh, it had a stripe. <laughs> Jesus. Look, he's pretty useless at the best of times at remembering details. Mm. So you don't want to count on him to be a witness in this no. sort of situation. So the family's waiting in the hospital and poor old Bailey, he blames himself, which is kind of warranted. Now, Bailey, do you know the story of how Bailey lost the family fortune? Oh, no. Oh, but so, he referenced it. Yes. So Sex, drugs and gambling sounded like. No, what happened was, it better, everyone thought, so Paige was sexting this guy from Brisbane. Then Was that, it Bailey catfishing her? No, he was getting catfished. So what happened was it all came out. They all thought Paige had given up 
their bank details or whatever to this schmuck in Queensland. But then it turns out Bailey had got excited that she had an online boyfriend. He wanted an online girlfriend. So he befriended Svetlana from Russia. <laughs> and Svetlana put a, yeah, a key logging software on his computer, like a virus. And then she drained the family accounts. Oh, I know. So, and so the nerd didn't know how the internet worked yeah. <laughs> and lost all their money. So it's quite fair that he blames himself for all of their dramas because it's kind of his fault. So they're all waiting and then Matt comes out of surgery. Lou's there. Lou's come in for half a day's acting, so you know it's not going to end well. That's what I thought. <laughs> when there's a veteran in the room, you know it's a birth, death or a marriage. Yeah, true, because otherwise they'd have Lou holding the fort at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So, right. Meanwhile, Paige is back down at the bric-a-brac shop. She's trying to buy back the wedding present for Damba that she had already sold back to the bric-a-brac shop. She waited like a day. The groom was missing one day and she's like, got to get my money back on the teapot or whatever the hell she bought them. So she's gone to get her present back and then she spots Tyler and says, I know you've stolen this car. You're responsible for the car, for stealing the car and running down Matt. Um, I blame you and I'm going to tell the cops. And mm-hmm. she goes barreling down to the cop shop. Which is unexpected because that's unusual television. Usually yes. she's like, oh, should I tell the police or not? But she just went straight there. Yeah. She's like, you've done, you've done the wrong thing. I'm telling the police. So she gets there, but then Danny appears and she runs the mechanic, the, um, the garage mm. where Tyler works. Mm. And which, by the way, she said that he's barely been turning up to shifts and all the casuals have had to cover all the shifts. And I thought he was the only casual. I didn't know there were all these other casuals that worked there. All the times that he's not there, yeah. So she says that she was the one driving the car and she was texting. So that was a PSA, don't text yes, and drive. Yeah, yeah, hot button topic. Yeah. And and she said, um, I believe that she was texting Toadie. Oh. She said, Toadie sent me a text. And then I thought, well, that's going to be complicated because it's going to be really hard for them to find legal representation if Toadie's involved in the case. Like Tim Collins. He's the only... Oh, who's Tim Collins? Tim Collins is like Toadie's rival. Oh. He's And he's got a, a dark side and he's great. Oh, so he'd love to take it down if he yeah. oh, well. So then we realise that Tyler didn't steal the car, but here's the thing. Which explains why she was so eager to go to the cop shop. Because it wasn't the story. I like. found it quite strange that... So Danny is a character that they bring in every now and then whenever they need to do a garage storyline. I found it quite strange that they made this ring-in character responsible for this accident. Like, shouldn't it have been like Georgia was texting and driving yeah, or something? because where are they going to go with it? So I'm, I'm intrigued by that, but mm. I'll, I'm going to put a pin on that for a second. I'll come back to that. So meanwhile, we have at, the, at Harold's store... Now, Chris, one of the Gabers, he's going to be a dad... Because he um, gave Lucy a donation in Paul's penthouse, yeah. and she um, put took... it out inside of her. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and that's how you make a baby. What's the character's name? Lucy Robinson. She's, She's Paul's sister. Quite unbearable that character, isn't she? Yeah. Look, she flies in, flies out when From it suits New York. her. Can you yeah. believe for a second that woman could live in New York? Well, she's on Robinson money. She lives in Lassiter's. Oh, that's true. I'm underestimating the wealth, aren't I? And she lives in the hotel. Oh, so she's not. So paying, she's done all right. Yeah, she's, she's not paying right. rent. Okay, yeah, yeah. But she's already she's getting nannies. Like that's expensive. I've seen like Sex in the City and stuff. So yeah, I'm pretty across it. We have to just assume that the Robinsons have bottomless pit money. Okay, okay. And that's why she she was just down two weeks ago. She flew back again. Why did she come back to Erinsborough to get that boy's sperm? She decided he was the perfect baby daddy. And Are they, but they're not really friends, pre-existing. Though. He became he became like a bit of a fag hag. No, she yeah. became like his fag hag okay. and was hanging around and they were being sassy together. And then she went, hey, you should be my baby daddy. 
And then he's like, okay, I've got nothing else to do. Yeah, right. And then he met Nate and Nate's like, I don't want to be a dad. Good luck with that. And anyway, so what's great is Lucy arrives and she's 10 weeks pregnant, even though I swear to God, she only got pregnant like six weeks ago, but whatever, <laughs> that's fine. They rapid, they always do rapid aging on soap operas. Mm. Turns out they can rapidly age a fetus as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And Chris goes to greet her and Nate just bottles it. He's like, yeah, hi, good to see you, see you later. No, he's grossed out. They're talking about pregnancy. Tell me. He's like, mm, no, not for me. He's, they've been talking about that since before they conceived. Oh, they right. were on the spirulina smoothies and <laughs> Nate was not on board. It's a real storyline though. I feel like my life's on Neighbours. Well, is it, why? Is this something that happens in, the, in, in your world, in, the com- in your community? Yeah, 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 people are mad for it. In your community. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually with a, well, I'm not going to say usually. It's often with a, a lesbian, but she's not a lesbian, this woman. No, Lucy. she's just a woman of a certain age that hasn't found the right okay, sure. partner. Sure. And she's from New York. They probably do that all the time over there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. probably trendy. It's yeah. really trendy. Yeah, really trendy. All right. So Chris wants to set up shop in New York. He's like, well, I want to help her with the baby. I'm like, she doesn't need help with the baby. Mm-hmm. The baby's inside her at the minute. This is my favourite quote. I could continue my Lassiter's training in New York. <laughs> Like, is it transferable TAFE course he's doing? I reckon to Rage is going to be really wrapped that he's out of her hair. Because she only offered him the job out of guilt because her son, like, Dashed coward him. punched him. Mm. And then he, like, was too brain damaged to do mm. mechanic work anymore. So hey, did it turn out to be him who did bash him? Yeah. It didn't. It did. It, was, it wasn't a bait and switch. Yeah. So I... He, he's barely... He's working at Lasseter's, but he's barely there. And the one shift he did the other week, he did, like, this this champagne breakfast for a bunch of doctors, like Dr. Dick and all of them. And he, he had to get up at 5am and he hadn't eaten breakfast. He was really hungry. And so he started eating the hors d'oeuvres. What? So he choked on a canapé and then Georgia had to give him the Heimlich manoeuvre. <laughs> yeah, he's more trouble than he's worth. He's he? useless. So Lasseter's is New York. It's going to chew him up and spit him <laughs> Absolutely. out. Absolutely. All right. So that's Wednesday. But at the very end of Wednesday... Matt's out of surgery. Lauren goes in. She's all emotional. She goes to check on him. And then the machine starts beeping. Mm. Machines start beeping on television. It's not good. Absolutely. We know that. So they've got to rush him back into surgery. And the family's waiting anxiously. And then because Dr. Carl's flown to London, because he won a trip to London at the the Bake Off at the Erinsborough Festival. (laughs) He's gone already. He's gone. So there's no doctor to deliver the news. So Georgia comes out of surgery all stricken and they they pretty much bully it out they of her. They definitely pressure her, yeah. Poor woman. So she's broken, you know, her code of ethics and she's had to tell this family he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. There were like complications with his liver, probably because he's been drinking during the day for the last three weeks nonstop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's it. More, Matt- more good grief acting. Good grief. Oh, these guys. It would have been a party yeah. for them on set that yeah. day. They were really... Acting class was shining for all yeah, of them. Yeah, because what's Alexa Face's real name? Kate Kendall. Yeah, because she's an actress of some repute, I mean. Oh, yeah. Mm. She, and I love it when they give her the dramatic stuff. Mm. So she, for the next three days, all she does is cry. And right. it's fantastic. Right. All right. Thursday was a really hard episode because there was a lot of crying. Mm. There was a lot of people heartbroken. So... Do you, how in, how emotionally invested do you find yourself? Because obviously you do the podcast, so you're thinking about it in a quite an analytical way. And you know what? It didn't affect me. And TV deaths do affect me. Mm. But I think the problem here is I read some, some crackpot fan theory online and it was in my head. 
And the, the theory is that Matt isn't really dead. They've faked his death to secretly try and catch D'Amato in his criminal activities. Mm. And because he died off camera. He went, they wheeled him off into surgery and then they came out and said he'd died. So we didn't get Very to see the point. body and the family didn't seem too fussed to go in to check the body. But the hospital couldn't have been facilitating that. Or was it Dr. Dick? Look, that's the thing we don't know. It's just a crackpot oh, theory. Yeah. But ever since, and I, look, I... Would I, they put out a fake press release that he was leaving the show to do to suck you in? Maybe. Or? It's maybe. very clever mm. of them. Mm. And straight away, like, he's taken out of the credits the next day. Mm. He's been taken out of the credits and already, like, the actors tweeting, bye, everyone, and, like, all these people are saying, it was great working with you. And I just feel like... Like, I've fallen for their bait and switch before. Like, when they were running promos saying, Daniel's run off with Imogen, I thought, what? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, they had me. And I thought, I'm not falling for their, their right. trickery yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm worried that... But I don't want to buy into crackpot fan theories. I think he's gone. That's a lot of... That's, that's too much effort, I think. Yeah, you're right. And maybe they'd gone overtime that day and they just couldn't show his death on camera. No, no, that's a very good point, though. Very unusual that you don't get to watch the beep. Yeah, you'd think he would moment. do it right there. Yeah, you would. So that's really strange. But then they've done, you thought he was dead and then he wasn't with Detective Mechanic. So I don't know if they're going to reuse that device so soon. I thought that maybe they could be claiming their uh, life insurance to get them Ooh, their dead. Mm. That is genius. Mm. Wow, that's really good. Oh, I love that. Sounds good in practice, but then you must never be able to come back to life. No, because once you do, you have to give the yeah, money back. Yeah, Unless right. you're like, okay, take the money, get yourself back on your feet, yeah. and then I'll come and turn myself yeah, in, and yeah. then you can... Surprise, all right. yeah. so, so, see, that's why I'm not too invested. And also, I didn't, I never really connected with Dad Cop hmm. and, until the last couple of weeks, until he started, he stopped shaving and drink and started drinking. All and, of a sudden, he was your type of man. <laughs> a bearded drunk. <laughs> and so, recently... He won favour with me, but I'm really excited to see Lauren as a swing and single mm-hmm. and to see all the kids deal with their grief. I think it's exciting. Hey, you know how Lauren, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Lauren is Lou's daughter. Yes. And we've spoken before about the original Lauren from the 90s. Yes. Do you think they auditioned her when they brought the character back? Ooh. I'm really interested to know. Wow. Well, Because she's, you know... Is there a chance they got her in and she's just a busy mum from the burbs and isn't interested anymore? Because they do that. They, do, they, I have heard of stories where they've brought in character, other old characters and they weren't up to scratch and so they've had to yeah. recast them. But you would think that they would give them a chance because there'd be some That's, integrity in using them. Because same. obviously they want... If, they, if they're going to go to all this trouble to bring in... Not, old characters. Old vintage characters, mm. you, you'd want the public to yeah. connect with them yeah. and remember them. You know what the case would be, though? They were probably like a good-looking 19-year-old when they're on Neighbours and then it's 20 years later and they're a they're very a unattractive 39-year-old. They're and a they, bit homely. Yeah, and they just can't put them on television because it <laughs> wouldn't be right. <laughs> so, Like Des. But, okay, this could be our question for Beamley, and we'll get to it again at the end, but do you reckon that's it for Matt? Is he dead and buried? Do, you, do I have to have to vote? Do you yeah, to... If, you, if you have a leaning... I think he's gone. Yeah, okay. I I'd love it. I would love him to come back and that to be correct, but I think he's probably gone. I'd love him to come back if she's already shacked up with Drab next door. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably come back in a couple of months. So then we have this heartbreaking montage of all the grieving Turners. Everyone's crying and pacing and Amber's throwing her teacup against a wall, which is great for Amber to get to really get something meaty to do for once. Is there tea in it? 
I don't know. Could just be a bit more manic. <laughs> Probably. Mum threw a hot cup of coffee at me once when I was 17. It was just, oh, wow. It wasn't that hot, but I pretended it was really hot. <laughs> and I ran shrieking into the shower to wash the burning tea off me. It wasn't really burning. Why did she throw her tea at you? Oh, she was just, I was just giving her the shits. We're fighting. And anyway, where it hit my bare chest, it splattered on the wall and I refused to clean it because I wanted her to remember what she did. Did you and draw around it in pen? <laughs> I should have highlighted it. Um, but we only moved out of that house about three years ago. And then when we were moving out, I saw it on the wall and I thought, I'm not cleaning it. <laughs> I mean, it's not, sorry, it's, that sounds disgusting. It wasn't dirty. It was like just from yeah, certain like, angles, you could see where it once was. Yeah, exactly. You know. So this is always going to be a reminder of Amber's pain. That's right. The tea stain yeah, on the wall. The dad stain. Oh, don't call it a dad stain. <laughs> <laughs> no, the dad stain is in the Lasseter's hotel room. <laughs> That's why Sharon had to shower. And now Bailey, this is how he's dealing with his grief. He's looking up funeral plans, funeral mm. options. That's good. Yeah, it's good to have something to do, they it's say. very practical. Mm. No one else was looking anything up. No. You're not going to trust Mason to do that up in Darwin. No. Someone's got to hold the fort. And he's decided it's him and Paige is trying to comfort him and he's not playing ball. So there, we'll leave them for the minute because we'll go back to the Gabers. Nate wants to book in a counselling session because he's not dealing well with, firstly, the fact that there's a death on the street. Secondly, the fact that his boyfriend is really into this whole being a dad thing and Nate could give two shits. Mm. And Susan's like, oh, okay, you can chat to me. And I'm thinking, no, Susan, he wants to book an actual medical professional. And last time they did this, she caught contagious PTSD. So So you've got to tread carefully. She's going to get a sympathy pregnancy out of this one. (laughs) But maybe the counsellor's room is full at the hospital because Dr. Dick keeps booking it. True. And they just refer people down to Susan's house. Yes. So... Susan's trying to give him some advice. Meanwhile, Chris and Lucy have found new bouncer, bouncer number two. And I don't want, can I just say I don't want bouncer number two? I mean, this, I, I don't know if this is controversial, but I think as a, a Neighbours fan and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a comedy person, I'm done with bouncer gags. We're all, everyone's done with bouncer. Everyone's done with bouncer. Bouncer had like 10 minutes on that 30-year special. Oh, one good thing about that was that I got to see the bouncer dream because I've been bored yeah. by bouncer dream jokes for 20 years, yeah. but I'd never seen it. Right, right, And right. it was looked far kookier than I even imagined. Because poor ba- Bossy, they've got a new dog now, Bossy, and she's fantastic. She steals the show quite often. Is she a Labrador? No, she's like a brown little, like she's some... Oh, well, there's some diversity, finally. <laughs> finally. Labrador's had too exactly. good too long. They're whitewashing the, the dog storylines mm. on Neighbours. Mm. They've brought back this dog and then Lucy finds out that it's a direct descendant of the actual bouncer. Isn't it a stray? Yes. How do you find out the direct descendant of a stray? But it's a pedigree Labrador. So they've got a... You, you don't just have stray oh, full... Are they tattooed or something? F- something. Can't even work out who my dad wh- is. I don't know why it's not microchipped. No. And Kate from this podcast also mentioned that why wasn't original bouncer neutered? How can he have descendants? Why, well, it was a different time. I guess. Was it? It was the 90s. And he was pretty free and easy. That dog just went wherever it wanted to. Who owned bouncer? Lucy. Lucy was, as a child, he was her dog. Oh, right. Well, there yeah. you go. But he well, was, a child doesn't know about castration. But he was the street's dog. <laughs> he was the street's dog. So they're calling him bouncer too. And they're like, we'll try and find his owner. But Lucy's got an attachment to this dog because it reminds her of Bouncer. Meanwhile, where's Bossy? That's what I'd like to know. Where's Bossy go, mate? There's all, people don't care about Bossy. I love Bossy. Bossy's no. great. Watch her on Instagram. Bossy the dog. Watch her on Instagram. <laughs> That's a new low, though. She posts cute pictures. <laughs> <laughs> the 
trainer puts good fuck content up. So she took the undies off the clothesline and then everyone thought it was an undies thief. She's oh, on the show. Yeah. I thought this was an Instagram video that we No, she gets up to some great hijinks. Anyway, so now Chris and Lucy go to Georgia at the hospital to have their baby scan, to have the ultrasound. Um, Georgia, can I just say, is flat knacker. She has had to break, she's had to do the death knock for the mm. Turners. I think she and four other nurses had to perform emergency surgery on him because I didn't see any other doctors. She's doing the scan and then they're looking at this baby and Nate cracks the shits because they've excluded him from the scan, even though... He wants no part of it. And then they start arguing, Chris and Nate, and he he says, look, we're just going to go to New York for a little bit. And Nate's like, I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to hang out with your baby. And he's not going to compromise. So it's not looking good for them. And we finished Thursday with back at the Turner house. They finished another one of their grieving montages and they're going through all the leftovers and casseroles that the street have cooked up for them. And um, I thought you meant Carl and Susan's sheep. <laughs> well, Carl and Susan do provide a lot of casseroles to the yeah. grieving. Where do you think they come from? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we've got a lasagna here. Carl and Susan have brought over a fully grown adult ram. <laughs> Hello, casserole. <laughs> That'll keep us going for weeks. They've got no money. This is great for their budget. <laughs> so, and they're passing around food. And, and I can I just say, it's only been a few hours since they found out their dad slash husband has died. I wouldn't think they'd all be ready to sit upright around the dinner table and break bread together. No. Like, surely Lauren should be curled up in the fetal position in her bed crying for another 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, people people do react differently. Some people find strength. I don't know, like Rosie Batty. Sorry yeah. to get heavy. But sure. I mean, <laughs> people uh, do bounce back in different ways. And I, Okay. And I guess if it were me, eating would be my comfort. So I can see why I would want to gather around mm. and eat all of the leftovers at once. Yeah, true. I do that when I stub my toes. So. <laughs> and so they're passing around the food and then Paige has offered Bailey a serving of something and he's like, no, I don't want to give it to mum. And then she goes, mum, do you want some? And they'll look at her because that's the first time Paige has called Lauren mum. Right. Her biological mother. She's just called her Lauren this whole time. And, and, it was, a, and, was, and was Paige working up to it or it just came it out? It just came out really yeah. naturally. And it, that was the sweetest moment, I thought. She's like, oh, sorry, I don't know where that came from. And Lauren goes, no, I think that's, I think that makes sense. And they all went, yeah, that's really nice. And it was just a really cute thing. And she called her mum. Oh, that is cute. And just, you know, Paige always makes everything okay. I really liked that. So that's good. She hasn't called Drab Dad yet. So, you know, we've got that to look forward to. Mm. But... um. I don't think he deserves it. He's going to have to earn that one. Absolutely. All right. So then we get into Friday. You were back on deck for Friday. Back on. Miss Thursday. Now, Chris... I wasn't going to watch Friday, but then I thought the Gabers had a big storyline, so I couldn't resist. Yeah. And this kind of blindsided me because I didn't actually know that one of them was leaving. Right. You missed the press release? I miss... I'm not down with the neighbor's spoilers. I like to just enjoy it as it comes to me every night. Yeah. So... And I catch a few tidbits on Twitter, a few crackpot theories. That's about it. So, Chris is moping around because he can't go to New York. And I ask you, why can't he go to just go to New York on his own? Yeah. Why does Nate have to go with him? Because they're a couple. But Nate, you don't know this, but Nate can't go because he overstayed his visa last time he was in New York. So, he's I banned see. from okay. the US for oh, three okay. years. Okay, okay. Now, 
And, you know, and Toadie was going to try and sort out his visa, but um, Nate missed the appointment so he could play with a remote control car with Tyler. Oh, I like Nate, but he's high maintenance. <laughs> you, gotta, you can only help people so much before they need to help themselves. You, I could help Nate. I mean, like Susan's helped him and now he needs to help himself. Yeah, true. So Chris <laughs> makes this plan with Lucy about how he's going to set himself up over in New York and she's already like filed the paperwork to yeah. get him a working visa and yeah. all this stuff and then Nate cracks it, cracks it because he hasn't been involved in any of the planning. Like, mate, yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't not care about this fetus but then arc up when they want to plan around the fetus. So calm down. It is, I'm not getting too realistic here, but it, it is a very big ask in that situation to have one partner fathering a child and the other one not really having anything to do with it. Because he wasn't around when Chris made the deal with Lucy. Yeah, but even if he even if he was around, it's still like a big, still a big thing for one person and not for the other. Yeah, and because I've heard, I know of people that have have babies because of donors, and mm. the donors aren't in the child's life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it must be ten times more complicated yeah, yeah. if the father is in the picture. Yeah. Chris is going to struggle in New York. I know we said that, but they should have yeah. just said it somewhere more realistically. Rosebud, there you go. I think he would have struggled, but then that's why I think that's why they wrote Rosebud. I think that's why they wrote him into the Lassiter's career path. Right, okay. Because so like, there's Lassiter's New York, right. so he'll have a job there. True. He won't do well there. But so that then at that moment, Nate is angry and then they, they decide to end it, Chris did, and Nate. Did Nate and Chris live together? No, but they live next door. Nate's because, staying with Susan and Carl. Because they have a lot of very serious conversations at in public places. Yes. Like they broke up in the bar. Yeah. And how long do you think they've been together? Because for a neighbor's relationship, it's quite long. It's like nearly a year. Yeah. And was this the most uneventful, uninspired uninteresting breakup ever? I think so. It was a conversation as passionate as you and I are having now. Yes. And then they left and they gave a small hug. And, and this all happened at the general store. Yeah, and he and they were pretty blasé. Everyone was pretty blasé about the breakup. Even when they told when Chris gathered around all his neighbors to tell them that they'd broken up, hmm. they were like, "Oh yeah." Yeah. I'll I'll say it. I'll announce it as Chris did and you can react like they did. Okay. okay. Oh, well, I've got some good news. Good news or bad news? Oh, well, bad, bit of both. Bad news, I broke up with... Nate. <laughs> I broke up with Nate. Oh. And I'm moving to New York. Yay! <laughs> it was really like that. I got annoyed by it. Me too. I got gay annoyed by it. I thought, is it, you know, why are they... At first I thought, oh, it's nice how they have all these gay conversations in public. It's like they're making a statement. Yeah. But really, it's the opposite, I think. <laughs> they just want to waste it away. I got annoyed, yeah, because Amber thinks her groom has run off on her and they had three days of her crying in her honeymoon suite. Chris and Nate break up and they're like, okay, let's have some drinks and see you later. So is that the last time we see Chris or do you think he'll be on Monday at the airport or something? No, we never see the airport. He'll be, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be catching a taxi. But he, like, as he just walked out, Susan yeah. said, oh, oh, I'll give you a lift, you And then they left. And okay, so a few things here that I want to break down. Firstly, so Lucy, she doesn't rate Nate at all because mm. as soon as Chris said, oh, he broke up with me, she's like, okay, come to New York. He's like, okay, done. Um, and I think she's going to live to regret that yeah. because she was living the dream on her own over there, mm -hmm. living the good life. Mm -hmm. And now he's going to be in there trying to pick out nursery patterns and yeah. he's going to get yeah. it all wrong. Moping, missing Nate. Being, he'd done well, wouldn't Nate? I found Nate very attractive. Being an incompetent concierge. Yeah. And so... Turns out coming all the way to the Americas to be a bellboy wasn't such a hot idea. <laughs> it's the American dream. And then so he gathers together his his, his neighbours for the send-off drinks. For a good old-fashioned knees up, as Colette Nancy. Oh, fantastic. Not enough of her this week. No. 
And she looked great at the 30th anniversary party. Oh, for sure. Yeah, mm. for sure. Oh, yeah. Go onto the neighbor's Instagram and just look at all of the hot photos. You won't of regret it. Everyone at the 30th party. Carla Bonner with Junior Bonner looks hot too. Adorable. Mm. Yes, because Josh is her son. Mm. Now, firstly, I'd like to say that all of the people that aren't the Turners and the Willises on the street, they, they're pretty cash about the fact that their next door neighbor has just died. Mm. They're at the pub knocking back a few. Happy as Larry. I'd go to the pub if my neighbour had died. But the one that you were at every function with and every well, event with? No, that one doesn't exist. But of all the neighbours in my life, I'd, yeah, I'd go to the pub. Okay, fine. It's a warranted way to grieve. So <laughs> No, they're not even grieving. They're just like, oh, it's sad that the neighbour died. Let's go about our business. Yeah. And the have other- you heard about Colette Nan's knees up? Let's hit the pub. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, the other problem I have is that it's, he's having send-off drinks, but he's going for, air quotes, three weeks. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to New York for three weeks. I may even go back for when the baby's born. See you later. It is foreshadowed that he won't come back because um, uh, Nate is like, oh, who are you, who are you kidding, mate? Yeah. Because that's how the couple It's speak. New York. Who are you kidding, mate? Yeah. Get a grip, son. Get over there. It's New York. You're going to love it. And like, he may not. It's a very busy, bustling city. He might want a suburban life. He might want Lucy to move to... Queens or <laughs> the Bronx, is the that Bro- out? Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't bloody know. The Hamptons. That's where the rich live there in the yeah, country. Yeah. So then Nate gives him this medal, and they have this goodbye hug, and hug, then hug. Yeah. Then they wave him off, and away he goes, and then that's it. Hang so, on, hang on. But did you hear the very last thing that they said to him as he walked out the door? Like no. the last sentence ever said to the gay character on Neighbours. What? I think it was Josh. Yeah. I can't be sure. Check that. Um, so, or Kyle. Uh, Maybe it was uh, Kyle. One of the two. Yeah. So Chris walks out and then one of the blokes says, bring me back a present. No rainbows. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm not really sure what that means. Unless you're expecting to bring back an enormous real life rainbow. What, but can, maybe, what meant, can like, you even get in New York with rainbows on it? Well, you could get like, I love gay Chelsea and we could have like a rainbow <laughs> on it or something. Or you could head off to New York Pride and bring back a flag. Maybe. I hope that Chris comes back with nothing but things yeah, with rainbows yeah, on them. Yeah. I hope he sends whoever said that a rainbowed theme, rainbow-themed item every week forever. Because yeah. that's not cool. So one of those guys at the pub is the one that bashed him then. Josh. Yeah. Got it. They got anyway, over that, which is nice. So that was a very low-key send-off for Chris and pretty harsh that he didn't stick around because he's like one of Amber's best friends but didn't want to stick around long enough for, to make sure she's grieving her father, okay? Oh, when you've got rainbows to buy, mate. Yeah. Now, we're back at the Turner house and guess who's back? Alice. Alice is back from space. Uh, yeah, Hurricane Alice has blown into town. She has been in space, space camp for about... Five months. It's quite a good length of time to spend at camp. The last time I was here was when yeah. she went to space camp. Yeah. The last episode we did is when he didn't get in, Bailey. So it was late last year. And and Bailey is sad that uh, his dad has died. Yes, and as one dealing with that by not being able to tell Alice. No, he can't. It. He can't face up to it. So there's this bizarre sort of pantomime scene where she's like, "Where is everyone? Oh, so many beautiful flowers. Is Mum doing a floristry course? <laughs> Weird things like that." And he's just like, "Yeah." Like if you, she didn't, yeah. You could look at one of the cards and see that it was a sympathy card. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so conveniently, her place is getting fumigated. Mm. So Termites. they're staying at Lassiter's, and so and this is a turn up for the books here. Yeah. I mean, did you expect that Bailey was going to deal with his grief by planning the funeral and then trying to get away a grief route? I did not expect that. Me no. Either. So he did. So yes, he's he lets Alice just rabbit on about space camp. Mm. And 
And he just says, and then what else happened? What else happened? And then... And she keeps saying, you're not quite with it. What's going on? And he just goes, no, nah, I'm great. I'm fine. Keep what talking to me. And then eventually she says, literally nothing else has happened. I've told you everything. <laughs> Including the antics of her grandmother's sex life. Sassy um, Marsha Hines. <laughs> Who now goes out with a guy who makes handcuffs for a living or something. And what about all the references to the, the space things? Yeah. Like, oh, I had so much fun time and the underwater Wurlitzer. And they thought of one space contraption and that was the one that yep. she wrote in. The anti-gravity. There was anti-gravity yeah. involved. And so after they'd run out of space things to talk about, he goes in for the patch and then they start making out. And then he tries to take it to the bed. Yeah. Didn't know I had it in him, really. No. And, well, a grief does strange things to people. And I love her reaction, though, because she shuts us down, but she goes, not that I'm not down for this, because mm. this seems like a great time, mm. but what's the go? And mm. that's when he bursts into tears and says, my dad died. Mm. And mood killer. Massive mood killer. Well, for some, some people are into that. Have you seen that film where they... No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know some people are like, we, we are alive and we need to remind ourselves of how alive no, no, we are. No, some people have a fetish about crying. Because oh. like, there's that film... Um, um, and Josh Lawson's film and it was about all the sex fetishes and, you know, oh yeah the little death yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was at Lisa McCune in that and I think she was um, had a fetish for her husband crying so kept making up sad stories about oh your dad's died so he cried anyway, this is a sad story <laughs> that's Lisa McCune wasn't it so so that's how he's dealing with his grief and now we get over to Erinsborough Hospital because George is trying to book a room the room the one spare room in the hospital mm-hmm. for Mrs. Johnson's amnio am am Amnio? Yeah, amnio. That's what they said. I don't know what that means. Though. I don't know either. But Amniotic sac or something. I don't think Georgia knows what it means. She just has to book it. And then she notices that Dr. Dick has this perpetual booking because he has to go and give Paul Robinson his fake chemo because mm-hmm. he's been administering chemo to a guy who doesn't have cancer, yeah. making making him sick. And she knows something's up, but we don't know... She doesn't know why he's booking it. And she tells Naomi, oh, he's acting really weird. And Naomi's like, well, you don't know why he's got secret bookings. You, don't, you know, it could be anything. Someone might not want to reveal. So it's still a full secret. Yeah. Only Naomi knows. It's funny because um, I said it reminded me of, <laughs> this is heavy. It reminded me of in the 80s when the mayor of New York was dying of AIDS and it had to be a massive secret oh. so nobody would know. I think that's a real story. It might be fictional. <laughs> But anyway, I wrote that down, and then I found out, or remember, that Paul is the mayor. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he's doing okay, the full well, El Pacino. it's ripped from the headlines. Yeah. So, now, what I really loved, though, was Lucy comes round to see Paul and say goodbye, because she's heading back to New York, and he suddenly realises the true value of family, and he's, like, hugging her and saying, you're going to be a good mum, you're a good sister. And she's like, what the hell, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and he... She hands over Bouncer to the Labrador and says to Paul, you should keep him. And Paul says, oh, okay, I guess Daniel will get along with him. And, and we, he says no, and then yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. And we know that Daniel's going to get along with him because a Labrador is the, about the level that Daniel operates intellectually. So he's going to bond with that dog. Yeah. The problem is, though... Just I th- for a mate. I just think he's a mate. It's irresponsible pet care because you, you, a huge dog like that needs a yard to roam around in, not the penthouse suite at Lassiter's. Oh, how big's the penthouse, though? Presumably pretty big. I, 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 just, I just think it needs fresh air. It does need fresh air. And, and Paul could take it for a limp around the oval, around the lake. I mean, it is pretty sweet. I think it, he needs a companion like this in his time of need mm-hmm. and, and questioning his mortality. Yeah. And I think he'll get some life force out of this dog. 
He's going to be pretty pissed when he finds out that he doesn't really have cancer. <laughs> and there's, look, I think Dr. Dick's heading for the slammer. There's no two ways about it. He's, you know, made a bet about sleeping with one of the nurses. He's pretended, he's doctored someone's test results to get, pretend they have cancer and he's giving them chemo when they don't need it. Yeah, he's Dr. Death. No, Dr. Death. Yeah. And that's, that's where we leave it. That's it. So now we're down a gay bar. What do you think is going to be Nate's future as the only gay resident of the street now? Well, I, I don't really know because, to be honest, I didn't think that Nate had much longer left on the show. So maybe, maybe he'll be so. Maybe he'll follow him. He'll be heartbroken. Um, but on that, I, I was shocked that um, Chris yeah. left the show because I know he's been out for you know, for a while yeah. and sometimes you can sort of pick who might hang around. Yeah. And I would never have picked him to hang around this long. So well done to you, Chris. Yes, it was a good stint for him. But I think Nate, when they give him comedy storylines, I think Mm. he shines. Right. So I think he could get up to some really good mischief. It would be good if they could loosen him up a bit. Definitely. Wouldn't it? Because they've got his Indigenous and his gay and then they've got all these heavy storylines on it. Wouldn't it be good if he was just a fun And he has a great little friendship with Tyler. Um, what did you call him before? Hot AF. Yeah. Hot as fuck. He, he, they were playing remote control cars together and then they went and got an orange juice at Harold's store. <gasps> and I think maybe juice. this could be a way for Tyler to question his sexuality. Oh, that'd be great. How hot would that yeah, be? Yeah, be really hot. And yeah. they could like, yeah, like muck around oh. and play fight and then, oh, yeah. it's gone oh, too oh, far. Oh. Um, I'm just stuck on an orange juice. Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be cute. So... Look, I I just don't, it's been hard. Look, we've all got our own emotions to deal with. We've lost a gayba, we've lost dad cop, dead cop, splat. I need you to go to beamly.com, go into the neighbors show page. We'll post a question. We want to know if you think there's any chance that Matt survived this this complication post surgery. And any more crackpot theories you have on that. Yeah, crackpot theories. Yeah, we yeah. want them. And oh, please drop us a line at neighbors pod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Neighbours Podcast. And, oh, Hunter, mm. someone from your work gave me the Neighbours 30 Years CD, music from the iconic Australian TV series. Oh, we should have been playing that in the background. What's I mean, on there? Give us a couple. I'll play one to take us out. Give us a little sugar. What's it got? I should be so lucky, Kylie Minogue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the least surprising um, answer of all time. Geronimo by Shepard a few weeks back a few episodes ago at the toga party Imogen was dancing to Geronimo and we all said on the podcast how did they afford a licensed music <laughs> now we know it's because they struck a deal to put it on the album they have a deal with Liberation I think and okay. they can have their music for free which is why some of this music you know and some you don't no, well, give me one more what's one more on there Stay by Leonardo's Bride I feel oh, like wow. that's I feel like that's right in your demo age group and everything Oh, wow, that is a classic 90s. I, have, I, have, I was going to sing it, but then I realised I was singing Sway by Biff Runger. Oh, me too, Biff Runger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good hello to Biff Runger if you're listening. <laughs> I wonder what she's up to. Oh, I'd have, have her on, Biff Runger. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to come on. She's like, oh, I don't know anything about neighbours. Sorry, just give it a go. You don't need a knowledge of the show. <laughs> you just you just feel it. You just roll with it. Speaking of New Zealanders and neighbours, have you noticed that that um, New Zealand fellow who was the Scully son is now a Hollywood actor with a different name? No. Yeah. Jay Bunyan. Yeah. Because that's I a believe, terrible stage name. I believe he's got rid of the Bunyan. Thankfully, yeah, he, he had I'll that sawn off. You look him up. Um, also, yeah, it was never addressed why the Scully's son spoke with a Kiwi accent. Oh, no, it was, because he was living oh, in the UK, soccer. and then he came back via New Zealand for a month or two. Oh, and then he played soccer there. Yeah. He had and that attractive New Zealand girlfriend. Okay. 
But also, so what I want to say about the CD is, after, do you guys want it? Like, should I give it away yeah, on the podcast? Definitely. I mean, it'd be such a shame not to be able to listen to Pete Murray's You're, You're Beautiful. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's all, all suddenly by Angry Anderson. That's what Kate from this podcast walked down the aisle to. Because Kylie and Jason walked down the aisle to it. Is that a true story? Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. How did you find her? To be on this podcast, like, how did you know that you Remute, had such a perfect Kate, person? Yeah, we just became friends on Twitter by tweeting about neighbours at the same time every night for like how five years. How far into your relationship did she tell you that story? Because oh. that's like you need. Well, to she know. only got married a year ago. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Sorry, I misunderstood. So we all knew, like, it, yeah. His name is now Jay Ryan. Oh, that's much better. It's it pretty dull, better. but it is better dull. than Bunyan. Yeah, he's a good-looking fella. He was always better looking than the word bunny. Yeah, because remember they replaced the original Jack Scully, who looked Mediterranean. Yes. With, with yes. someone more Anglo that kind of looked like the Scullys. Yeah. Although the dad Scully didn't end well for him, did it? But he looked a little bit more. Although he won his lawsuit, so it came, he came good. Did he? Yeah. But they didn't get him back for the reunion. So, yes, yeah, tell us at Neighbours Pod on Twitter or all the other places if we should give away the CD. Now, I did um, m- mention earlier that I spent some time with Carl and Susan in real life this week. Yes, it's part of your job. You just didn't just follow them around. No, yeah, I just live on, the, on Ramsey Street. Yeah. Um, and I was discussing with uh, both of them the famous slap scene, you oh, know, from the course. early 2000s. So we, we were going to chat about that. That's lately. had lots of airtime lately. Right, yeah. loads of it. And I was talking to her. I said, do you get sick of seeing that scene? Yeah. Because I said, I feel like I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. And it's obvious, it's your defining scene, I think, yeah. over 20 years or however long we've been on. And I said, had you done that a lot of takes or was that, was that just, you know, one off? And she said, well, we'd rehearsed it because we knew that it was the ultimate scene. But on the, on the day, we just did it once. She wow. Said, you can really only go there once. I and then Alan jumped in with a bit of trivia. Um, well, they, they were both yeah. telling the story. And, and, and I'm, I hope I'm not murdering this story. But um, apparently, Jackie had cut her hand or her finger yeah. at some point in that scene and while she was so deep in character probably she couldn't even notice but then when she thwops Alan in the face she splattered him with blood (gasps) and they tell me if you look really closely you can see that he's got blood on his face oh my god and after the scene she was like oh my god I've cut your face but actually she'd cut her hand okay it's on YouTube we Mm. can go have a look definition might be a bit rough on YouTube to (laughs) see it just take my word for it and I don't think they've ever gone that that far into their emotions since. And you think they would like that? That scene has has given them so much. You think they'd be writing Susan to do that yeah. dramatic stuff all the time? Yeah, but no, they're quite subdued. Mm. And he's just such a. He, they're just into their sex lives lately mm. on the show. Mm. So, another fascinating thing about her is how she doesn't really have an Australian accent. No, it's like Irish or something. Yeah, I mean it's ninety two percent. Yeah. Australian, yeah. but it is Irish. Yeah. I North love her. I love her accent. I think yeah, she's got a beautiful nice, voice. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we'll just continue our discussion about Carl and Susan. <laughs> Congratulations to them for 20 years on the show. Congratulations. And Hunter, I appreciate you coming here in the middle of comedy festival oh, season. Oh, my pleasure. I have a bad tattoo. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Thank with one hand and slap with the other. It's called Hunter Smith, I Feel Bad About My Tattoo. It doesn't have any neighbours gear in it yet, but if anybody comes along from the podcast, tweet me and I'll write a joke in about oh, neighbours. awesome. So Ooh. go to comedyfestival.com.au and type in Hunter, and it'll have all, if you're in Melbourne, and it'll have all the details for his show. Yep. I'm going to go. You have to go. That's the rules. Yeah. There's a link on my Twitter too, which okay. is um, Mr. Hunter Smith. Yes, Mr. Hunter Smith, and I'm Vaya Pashos. Thanks for coming and thanks for listening. Yay. Bye. Say, uh, say.